Life Audio. Hello and welcome to Kainos Project. I'm Dale. I am Tamara. And we're here to help you tackle ancient truths in everyday settings. Question. Do you know what your sign is? Um, I think I'm a Scorpio. I always remember it like a scorpion, but not the N. So I think that's what I am. I am a Pisces. Oh, interesting. But I don't, I don't know what that know means. Yeah. Anything about Sometimes what that I'll means. tell people I'm a Scorpio or like they'll ask me a sign and I'll tell them that. They're like, oh, wow. So, yeah. I don't know if that's do a that. good thing or a bad thing. <laughs> I think it's maybe bad because it sounds like a scorpion and those are bad. So, all right. Well, that's that's my science behind that. Nice. Well, speaking of horoscopes and astrology, they are fairly popular. And they have been for a long time. And I've always kind of viewed them the same way that I do fortune cookies. Um, But there are people that take them genuinely seriously. And basically, if you don't know what astrology is, um, it basically assigns you a particular sign based on what month you were born in approximately. And then based on where the stars were in the sky during the month of your birth, that supposedly has some kind of bearing on your personality type. And then as the stars and celestial bodies change positions throughout the year, uh, that means that the universe is communicating to us uh, something about our present moment. So like if Mercury is in retrograde, that means that you should apply for that new job. But if Uranus is experiencing a long winter, um, then maybe you shouldn't say yes to that date. And these interpretations of what is going on in the sky based on what month you were born in and how that all interrelates to one another, uh, those are called horoscopes, and they're put forth by astrologers. And they're everywhere. Like there are apps. There are websites uh, with these things on them. Um, but people make reference to them all the time, even apart from that, whether it's in casual conversation or in memes or in social media posts. Um, and I've even heard a lot of my Christian friends make casual reference to their sign and you know different horoscopes and things in conversations. So I thought I would do a little research and see what is this thing all about. And so today I want to discuss horoscopes, astrology, and what a Christian's relationship should be to these things. Uh, are they just harmless fun, or is it something a little bit more out of pocket? That's what I want to talk about today, but we'll dive into that in just a moment. So, today we are talking about horoscopes and astrology, and how Christians should feel about them. Uh, but I thought we'd start with a little history lesson on what these things are. So a horoscope is an interpretation given by an astrologer, and astrology has a long and storied history. Uh, like many good things, it finds its origins in ancient Mesopotamia in about the third millennium BC. And in ancient times, astrology was basically inseparable from what we would consider astronomy today, which is basically the scientific study of stars and celestial bodies. And so folks have been looking to the night sky and trying to figure out what the heck's going on up there for the better part of at least you know 5,000 years. And when it comes to the tenets of astrology as it exists today, though, that didn't really take shape until later. It was developed by the Greeks in about the 6th century BC. So according to the Greek tradition, 
Uh, the heavens are divided according to 12 constellations of the zodiac. And so that's where we get all of these astrological signs. And they believe that bright stars rise at certain intervals and they cast a spiritual influence on human affairs. And so this began to develop around the 6th century B.C. Uh, by the Greeks. And then by the 1st century B.C., uh, Greek astrology had really become a method that people would uh, rely on to understand their past, their present, their future. And really, it became the center of kind of a, a personal development process or a personal transformation process. They kind of used astrology and horoscopes as part of their kind of ongoing conversation with the divine. And the divine, you know, kind of loosely uh, conceived as impersonal and kind of abstract. Yeah, so think of Hercules. Bless my soul, Herc was on right. a roll. But well, really, there there's a lot of this happening even in like the cartoon Hercules, where that's true, the, when stars all the stars are aligned. aligning, and like that's the perfect moment. That's the whole buildup of the movie is like they're waiting for the the stars to align, and then there's that scene in the end where, um, oh, what is those like those three ladies? Maybe they're ladies. I'm not sure what they are, but they're like holding the string. Oh yes, um, mm-hmm. they're are they astrologers? Uh, I don't know what they were. Okay. But so they only they, had like one eyeball between them. Yes. Yeah. And they swapped the eyeball around. <laughs> Anyways. So they hold the string, but uh, because the stars are aligned, like they can't cut the string and it's, you know, this whole thing. But the entire movie is talking about astrology, really, and the relation between the stars and the gods and everything aligning between the gods and stars and humanity. Uh, so as we're having this discussion, just keep thinking about Hercules. Yeah. Thanks for really bringing that down to the ground level for us. You're welcome. That's what I'm here for. I appreciate it. Your lugubriousness. <laughs> That's from Hercules. And yes. You didn't catch it. And it wasn't only the Greeks though. Um, in a lot of Eastern cultures in China and in India and other places, it became important as well. Um, but the Greeks are the ones that kind of made it up. Uh, and so this is a type of what you would call divination meaning that it's a method of trying to interpret some kind of esoteric readings to discern what the gods or the universe or whatever you want to call it is intending to do in human society or in your personal life. And so to one measure or another, most ancient societies practice some kind of uh, divination or and also some form of astrology. But here's the thing about it. The system of reading the stars and interpreting them, it was based on a geocentric worldview. Uh, which says that the Earth is the center of the universe, basically. And that was also shared uh, by all ancient cultures. They all believe that until we got to Copernicus. And he discovered that the solar system is actually heliocentric, meaning that we revolve around the sun and not the other way around. Uh, So basically what he showed is that all of these calculations and interpretations uh, that were based on a geocentric view of the universe uh, basically meant nothing. Um, so they were scientifically invalid. However, for whatever reason, astrology is still popular uh, today in, in Eastern cultures and also in Great Britain and in uh, North America. And really here in America, I can't speak to Great Britain or other Western countries that where it's popular, um, but it's really used kind of as a personality profile. Uh, but also kind of like to give you some kind of fortune cookie guidance on what job you should take, who you should be dating, should you move, should you not move, just like all of these uncertainties of life. You get some kind of vaguely worded 
um, guidance from a horoscope, and that seems to give people comfort, or at least they're interested in it. Right. It's it's like we're seeking wisdom uh, to help discern decisions we make for our future based on whatever horoscopes are released. And I'm really curious as to how many horoscopes are just like made up, especially as you think about like popular magazines that they're released in. Mm -hmm. Like, did they really consult the stars? Like, who did that? Like, who 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 is out here? Who on the team is an astrologer? Astrologist. (laughs) Astrologer, astrologist. I'm not sure which it is. I mean, it's a fake science anyway, so you can call it whatever you want. Yeah, okay. Well, who on the team is an astrologist, astrologer, uh, that they have as like the in-house astrologist to write up these At the New York Times, yeah. Right, no, really. Or is it just like some intern who's who's making up? It's chat GBT. I mean, now, but that wouldn't have been the case like 10 years ago. And I remember being in middle school, high school, people asking me what my sign is. And, you know, you're reading them. And, and you're flashing Riverside. No, get out of here. But yeah, there's also that element like who is really writing these things that people are genuinely making life decisions based on. And we're really what it is, is we're just seeking wisdom uh, to help guide our lives. And we think we surely must seek something outside of ourselves for this wisdom. Um, And so we seek the stars. Yeah. And so it's basically a modern form of fortune telling or divination would be the word for it but we just kind of modernize it because you're reading it on instagram or in the new york times and that somehow kind of gives you comfort and tarot cards i didn't have a chance to look deeply into those those are also connected with astrology and astrological theories and stuff like that but they're kind of a separate thing so i'll set those to the side right for now that's kind of another deal they're separate because you have a medium who's actually interpreting it for you Rather than you just reading a list of things and you making decisions, you have somebody else who's uh, quote unquote professional at doing that. Right. Yeah. I mean, and if you're reading a horoscope, it's supposedly written by a professional, but you're kind of giving this prepackaged interpretation that's more general rather than a personal kind of fortune telling experience, I yeah. guess. You have to pay for that. Yeah. <laughs> that's part of the premium package. Exactly. Okay, but what does the Bible have to say about astrology, if anything? We'll start with the Old Testament. Now, when it comes to the Old Testament, astrology isn't really a factor, mostly because it hadn't been invented yet when the Old Testament was happening, like in real time. Um, It didn't come into existence until the events of the Old Testament narrative were basically over. Um, You know, the the people had gone into exile, they came back, they're, they're waiting for the Messiah, and that's about the time when astrology came onto the scene. However, the Old Testament does talk quite a lot about divination more generally. And what we have to understand is that astrology is kind of one of the latest and greatest tools for divining what the gods or the universe or whatever you want to call it um, are saying. Uh, But diviners have been using various tools uh, for millennia before that, whether it's like cutting open a chicken and examining its guts or throwing sticks on the ground and seeing the way they fall and interpreting those. Um, it's just that, you know, later people started doing the same things, but they were using the, um, orientation of the stars to kind of basically do the same thing as you throw down a pile of sticks and it lands in a certain way. Now they're looking up at the stars and they're positioned in a certain way. And it's just kind of like the same thing, but it was like the new, I guess, technology 3000 years ago. Um, (laughs) uh, but generally speaking, 
uh, God seems to be against divination, um, really of various kinds, and he routinely prohibits it and speaks against it. I'll just give you a couple of cite verses. Um, so Leviticus nineteen twenty six, it says, "You shall not eat any flesh with blood in it, and you shall not interpret omens or tell fortunes." Leviticus twenty six, if a person turns to mediums and necromancers whoring after them, I will set my face against that person and will cut him off from among the people. Strongly worded on that one. Isaiah 8.19, it says this, When they say to you, inquire to the mediums and the necromancers who chirp and mutter, should not the people inquire of their God? Should they inquire of the dead on behalf of the living? And then there are a couple of times where divination is actually like seen in the middle of a story. Um, two that come to mind is once when uh, it's in numbers when uh, Balaam he was asked uh, by Israel's enemies to put a hex on Israel, and then this angel ended up confronting Balaam uh, in the midst of that through, uh, of all things, his own donkey. His own donkey started talking to him. Uh, so that was a weird story. Uh, but another one was another weird story that we actually mentioned a couple of weeks ago was when Saul went to uh, the witches in a place called Endor which seems like it's out of like a fantasy novel or a sci-fi thing. Uh, but he went to them to summon the the dead prophet uh, Samuel. And uh, at that point in the narrative, it's really just pointing out that Saul is pretty much descended into madness. And that episode is illustrative of that. Um, so while astrology isn't something that was known to the Old Testament writers, uh, astrology it later kind of became a part of the suite of things that we would consider to be uh, divination. And I think in modern time, uh, it's a lot less spiritualized, I suppose, um, but it's still kind of floating uh, be, you know, in that realm. It's Even though it is a little bit more secularized, I guess, is what I was trying to say, right. than it was um, you know, in Old Testament times or even New Testament times. Um, but at the same time, uh, God doesn't seem to be opposed to speaking through supernatural, spiritual means, whether it's through the prophets, whether it's through signs or oracles. Um, I mean, one time God spoke through a burning bush. Like, it doesn't get much stranger. Like, if God could speak through a burning bush, then he could certainly speak through the stars, right? It's just like, you know, he's not opposed to that, but he's opposed to the the divination part of it. It's kind of like more of a general sense of like when it comes to receiving fresh revelation from God, it's more of a don't call me, I'll call you kind of situation. Yeah. Um, so God didn't want his people using divination to get in touch with the universe. Um, they can just talk to the guy who created it. And actually they didn't, he didn't want them using divination to uh, get in touch with him. They, he didn't want all these, these r- pagan rituals uh, as a, as a means to get into contact with him, Tamara, why do you think that is? Because it seems like in a lot of ways, uh, God, when you look at the Old Testament, he is communicating and interacting with his people through the culture that they're living in. Um, but at the same time, he does things that are very countercultural. Why do you think this practice of trying to interpret what what even what God would want, even if you face it towards, you know, God as a personal deity and not towards like the general universe, why would God be opposed to that, you think? Well, there's a couple of things um, that's like wrapped up in all of this. A lot of this uh, originated within like pagan culture initially. And the idea was we're trying to hear from the gods 
um, by connecting with nature. Uh, so really created humanity is turning to creation for wisdom and connection, whether it's just um, believing earth itself has wisdom to offer us as humans or whether we use that as a means to connect with God. Either way, God is saying, like, why are you turning to what I created uh, for wisdom rather than turning to me directly? And especially as you flash forward to the New Testament, like, we don't have to find a mediator. We are able to go directly to God um, through the death and resurrection of Christ. Like, we see we don't need an in-between interpreter. We don't need an in-between person who can then like pass along our questions to God. Um, a lot of these things throughout history have really been a reflection of humanity trying to find wisdom and discernment apart from God or through other means than God himself. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's why God is speaking against it. In the Old Testament, in the New Testament, which we haven't even really talked about the New Testament yet, but God speaks against it um, in the New Testament too. And we can even see that same understanding today, even though I would imagine most people reading People magazine um, who are going to the horoscope section wouldn't say it's any kind of a spiritual matter. Um, But I think in some ways we're lying to ourselves at what our hope is to read these horoscopes and our desire to gain wisdom or advice from them. Because again, we're seeking to find wisdom and advice from creation rather than the creator himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think even just in a general sense, because even if they're using divination, not to talk to the universe, but to God specifically, I think there's something in the ethic of that where, uh, God's like, yeah, we're going to talk, but I'm not going to be summoned by chicken guts or whatever thing you come up with. Yeah. And I'm going to set the tone of the conversation and we're we're going to be in communication, um, but I'm not going to be summoned because you're not the sovereign one. I'm the sovereign one and I'm the one who's uh, ordaining and uh, laying out the, the plan for – uh, humanity and, you know, for Israel specifically. Well, even that God has already created, like he's already given us what we need to be in communication with him. I mean, we have the it, the indwelling Holy Spirit that lives within us. We have uh, prayer. I mean, New Testament talks about that all the time. So to go through these other avenues and these other means, even if the goal is to try and hear from God himself, uh, God has already set up the way in which we're supposed to communicate with him. And when it comes to new revelation, like we have scripture, so there's no new revelation happening. Mm -hmm. Um, We can't be seeking mediums or other, other aspects to find new revelation because that's heretical. Right. So, just throwing that out just, there. Just want to throw that saying, out there. Like, hey, Don't no, do a heresy. That's the the, the theme of there's today. There's no new revelation happening. Like that ended in Revelation. Right. Yeah. So that is the Old Testament look. I wanted to look at some uh, relevant New Testament passages, but we'll dive into that in just a moment. So, by the time we get to the New Testament, 
Uh, astrology likely was something that the biblical authors were aware of. I mean, they were living in the Roman Empire, which was, you know, had a lot of Hellenistic influences, Greek influences, and astrology had been around for like 500 years, 600 years at that point, and it was pretty, you know, developed as kind of a system and a belief system at that point. And um, we actually do see one instance in the New Testament where astrology seems to have been used or alluded to, and that is in in Matthew, when the Magi, uh, they may have used astrology to figure out the star of Bethlehem and where that was and why it was significant. Uh, and we never really get a glimpse of the process, um, but they saw the star and they somehow derived that it meant that a great king had ri- arrived. Um, and they came with gifts and they worshiped Jesus. So in that case, astrology seemed to be viewed somewhat neutrally. Uh, at just as part of the ancient culture, Matthew doesn't seem to comment on it in any kind of moral way, whether it's moral or immoral. It's just kind of, you know, what happened. And it's not even really clear uh, whether what they were using was astrology or astronomy, which is the scientific one, or if it was some mixture of the two. We don't really know. It doesn't really tell us. Um, but the point of the story is less about the astrological theory and more about the fact that um, – even these these pagan magi were looking at the stars, and they arrived at the conclusion that you should worship Jesus as king. That's kind of the main point of the story, and the astrology part is kind of just a, a footnote to that, I guess, that isn't really explored. Um, but other than that, we don't really get any mention of astrology directly, but again, we get a lot of talk of divination or sorcery or magic, of which uh, astrology would have been seen as a subset of that. And so, and again, and generally, again, it's not viewed well and paul talks about it on a number of occasions he lists sorcery as being among the works of the flesh in galatians five twenty. in first timothy 4 1 uh, paul makes a reference to people who quote depart from the faith by devoting themselves to deceitful spirits and teachings of demons in colossians 1 18 he says let no one disqualify you insisting on asceticism and worship of angels and going into detail about visions puffed up without reason by a sensuous mind. And then there's uh, this one instance in Acts, Acts 16, uh, in which uh, Paul and Silas, they encounter this enslaved girl who was a diviner and a fortune teller, uh, but she was demon-possessed, and that's how she got her power. And when they cast out the demon in Jesus' name, uh, she lost her powers, and then the man who enslaved her got mad at them because he was making money off of her telling people's fortunes, and they ended up getting thrown in jail for that. Um, but what that story kind of indicates is that, at least in some cases, divination is actually one in the same with demonic oppression. And I don't think that that's what's happening when you read an Instagram post about what Libras should be wearing this summer. Um but we do have to recognize that it's a it's a part of the same larger ecosystem, um, even if we're not using it that way. And so I guess my question to you, Chamra, is like, is this really that big of a deal for Christians? Like, what should our alert level be when it comes to astrology or horoscopes? Like, are we in danger of summoning demons with this stuff? Or is that being slightly dramatic? Uh, it might be slightly dramatic, but there is something to say about it's a subset of this um, aspect of sorcery and witchcraft and going to fortune tellers uh, 
to try and get in touch with the different spiritual realms so that we can find wisdom and advice about our future. A lot of those things are about your future, where horoscopes, I think, are less about your future and more about like present. Um, I don't know. I don't really read horoscopes, but uh, I think some of it is about future, but a lot of it is more just about advice about what you might be doing based on the way the stars are and all of that. Um, and it's it's pretty it's, vague. I think I had read one and I read like a couple of different ones. I'm like, oh, yeah, that sounds like me. And then I read another one. Oh, yeah, that sounds like me. Yeah. So like you can kind of it's kind of like a Rorschach test in a lot of instances. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but to just go back to your question of is this really a big deal for Christians? Like, does it matter that we uh, find interest in reading our horoscopes? Uh, I think it it matters in so far as how is it that we are living out our faith, and if we are people who desire to um, center our lives on Christ, uh, that even means down to what we believe about ourselves and and how we go about finding that information. So what I've seen oftentimes people who follow their horoscope is they'll meet somebody that they didn't particularly like, and then they ask them um, what their sign is. And then they're like, oh, well, that makes sense because so-and-so-and-so-and-so don't get along. And the position of Venus right now. Yeah, like the position of the stars determine that I'm not going to be friends with you. Uh, When we look to scripture, it says that we are supposed to be at peace with others and we're supposed to love our neighbor and even love our enemies. So let's say it's true you guys aren't getting along. I don't think that's because of the way the stars were aligned that day or at birth for each of you. Um, I think it's just the fact that we live in a fallen world and people are enemies and we don't like each other. Um, But scripture has called us to love one another, whether that be enemies or not enemies, like we're called to love one another. So to take on this kind of advice and this kind of wisdom in our life, I think we do need to be careful um, about what's rooted underneath that and why we're even seeking horoscopes to lead us in any direction. Uh, the only one that we should be seeking guidance and wisdom from is is Christ and is the moving of the Holy Spirit as we're weighing out personal decisions in our life, but to go to something outside of ourselves um, that is based on a really weak case of like creation told me to do this. Um, I think we just need to be aware of what all is wrapped up in reading horoscopes and actually um, allowing our lives to be led in any kind of a way based on the readings of those horoscopes. Do you think that being fascinated with horoscopes and astrology uh, has the potential to actually hurt our Christian witness in the world? I think so. And the reason why it goes back to what I was just explaining about um, where are we finding our wisdom and our advice from? And if you are in casual conversation with somebody and your horoscope is brought up and you're then you're even giving advice based on like their horoscope, um, we're not leading them to Christ. We're not showing them Christ. They're not we're not actually having them uh, turn to Christ for that moment or decision or any of that. Instead, we're being led by the rest of our culture 
um, and saying like, hey, just turn to this fun little thing. Um, and so I think we, we do have to be mindful of the way that we casually talk about things. And if you're someone who is is really obsessed with horoscopes, um, I think there's certainly a lot of cautions and warnings that we can read within scripture about why we shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, I would definitely say that um, being into horoscopes, even just apart from like what it does to your own faith, is um, has a negative effect on our witness because it hurts our credibility in a lot of ways. Like as Christians, we make some pretty unbelievable claims like that we worship a dude who died and rose again. And here's the thing. I think that that claim is defensible. I think that it is historically supported. I think that it is logical. I think that um, that it is defensible. Um, but it is, you know, an outrageous claim. Um, and so there's going to be a certain measure of people who aren't convinced by that who think that we're kind of wackadoos. And it, this kind of like the same thing with like conspiracy theories. Like when we um, – express belief in things that are obviously not rooted in fact it lends credence to the idea that we are gullible and and not super smart i guess because like uh astrology like yeah you can have a lot of fun with it and da on such and such um but at the end of the day like it's based on a uh thousands year old inaccurate scientific understanding of the cosmos of a geocentric view of the world. It's not even like there's no science to it. It's like phrenology is more scientific than astrology. Probably. Um, you know, if you don't know what phrenology is, this, you know, people would, would measure the bumps on people's heads and they thought that that taught them something about their human capacity or stuff like that. Um, and it was obviously debunked and there was a lot of white supremacy in it, uh, because, you know, obviously they would look at the bumps on black people's heads and say like, Oh, this is an inferior intellect. Um, and so in the, much in the same way, a horoscope, all it does is confirm your own bias. That's not scientific. That's not uh, helpful. It's not uh, – not to be harsh, but it's not you know very intelligent. Uh, it's not a very intelligent way to uh, understand yourself or the world around you. It's just kind of like this internal echo chamber feedback loop of some esoteric thing that you interpret to confirm the thing that you already wanted to believe. And now you have confirmation to go and do that thing without guilt or insecurity, I guess. Um, and it's just, you know, that's not the way the Christian life should be lived. Like we have a North star in Jesus Christ. We have um, guidance in uh, scripture. Now scripture doesn't speak to everything, but it builds a framework for, uh, how we can understand the world, the grid through which we see everything else. And uh, when we're using other grids um, that are not only counter to the wisdom we get in Scripture, um, but counter to science and reason as well, um, I just don't think that that's smart. And <laughs> I don't think that that's wise. Yeah. I think that, um, yeah, it's just not a good path to go down. And... Yeah, certainly I don't think there's like a great spiritual harm of like you see an Instagram post and you read the one on whatever month you're you're in. But just that that doesn't do anything. You know, that's not that's not helping you in any way. Yeah, it probably isn't helping you, but in some cases it might actually be harming you in the fact that you're not using like wisdom and discernment to make decisions. You're just reading something 
and letting that guide the decision you're making that day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, in a previous episode, we talked about the Enneagram. Um, how do you think looking at horoscopes differs from personality profiles like the Enneagram? Um, and how might our usage of those two things be similar sometimes? So from the perspective of horoscopes, it's this predetermined thing about you that was based on the time you were born and the way that the stars were lined up at the time of your birth. So it's something that is already predetermined about you and your life, where the Enneagram is different in the way that you're not looking outside of yourself to learn about yourself. You're actually doing a whole lot of analyzing and self-reflection internally to discover more about yourself. And the way that the Enneagram is structured, it's not like this set in stone, this is who you are. It allows for um, some fluidity within personalities. And in the same way, um, you most certainly shouldn't look at horoscopes to be definitive of who you are. You absolutely shouldn't be looking at the Enneagram in that way either. But I think the the drastic differences is the horoscopes are pointing you outward and saying this is predetermined about who you are based on the sky, <laughs> where the Enneagram is just having you look and reflect on yourself and analyze yourself a little bit more. Um, and it's not saying those are like predetermined based on something outside of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'd say, too, um, when you look at like psychological research, like theory of personality, um, it's a little bit uh, it's definitely you know a soft science and it's not something that's very well defined. And there's a lot of uh, disputing about it. And there's a lot of stuff that we don't understand as of yet, even as it relates to, you know, neurochemistry and all that kind of stuff. But at the same time, it is a field of study where scholars write peer-reviewed research and analysis, and there is an academic intellectual conversation moving forward in theory of personality, as opposed to astrology, which was debunked by Copernicus. Um, like the like the same people who were wrong about the Earth being the center of the universe and that whole battle. Um, that that's when horoscopes should have died, but they didn't. Uh, and so it's this debunked research. And so you might not agree with all the theories of personality, uh, all of the, the research within that, but there is a scientific conversation to be had. And then also it's not some, so like the horoscopes is kind of like, a, a, a like you said, like, it's like a measure of like the fates that are predetermined. Whereas, um, the, the Enneagram, uh, tool it's a look at – it's actually congruent with a, a Christian worldview as we saw that um, – and we'll link to that episode. Where we talked about how like whole monastic orders use it to help with their spiritual formation process where it kind of gets to the root of the idea that there's some really great things within you in the way that you're wired. And then there's some really – there's a shadow side to you based on your specific personality and the things that motivate you and the things that make you uh, afraid or you know all those kinds of things. And so it's not incongruent with your faith. Um, so in that way, you know, horoscopes and um, the Enneagram couldn't be further apart. But do you think that there are some ways in kind of the common parlance of how we use those things where we actually at a popular level, not like at a research level, we use them kind of interchangeably? 
like your horoscope or your Enneagram number. Yeah, I think people use them in the same way of like, well, this is who I am based on this category. Um, and I think there's harm in, in doing that to some degree. Uh, it, yeah. And we talked about this on the Enneagram episode where you're like, oh, you're such a seven or, oh, you're such a, you know, such a Scorpio. Like we use it's the, like the same, exact same, it's yeah. exact same thing. So uh, regardless of which tool we're using, uh, one that has a little bit more validity underneath it. Okay. A lot of bit more <laughs> validity under it than the other one. Um, but we still have to continue to be mindful of the fact that we are created by God and by utilizing these tools and systems, they are not set determinations of who we are. It is, uh, our creator who has identified us and determined who we are as individuals and he's the one who's created us and ultimately we should be seeking him as we try and understand ourselves better it like those things should run in tandem seeking god and understanding him more should run parallel to the way that we're trying to understand ourselves better right when it comes to the horoscopes and our signs or whatever um, and kind of the prevalence of those just being terms that are thrown around in our Christian communities. Um, what what do you think our uh, posture should be in terms of like, I guess, like policing that or like calling that to account or calling that out? Um, is this a big enough deal that like we should, you know, call it out wherever we hear it? Or like what should be our orientation towards that, I guess? I mean, no, like, don't be that person. Right. Like, that, you, don't be annoying. Don't be annoying about it. But also, I, it depends too. Like, if I had a really close friend that I know and love and understand um, where they're coming from and all that, and I can see how they're utilizing horoscopes to, in a lot of ways, determine their life, determine their relationships, make decisions on, I would probably start to have a conversation with that person. Of like, hey, let's like let's take this a couple steps back and and see what's the heart of why you're turning to horoscopes for wisdom and advice. Um, I wouldn't immediately say like, there's no science behind that. That's been debunked. Like that's foolish for you to even consider that. Even though that's um, what we just said here. Yeah, we'll say it to everybody, but we won't say it to anybody. You know what I mean? Well, you're not going to say it to a person who you love and care about in a one-on-one conversation as soon as they bring up their horoscope. Right. Like that's not the context. Right. Sure, making those statements here in a public form is a little bit different because you're not going one-to-one and telling somebody to their face about that thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like you should handle those things with love and care. Um, But if it's a casual conversation and uh, someone's mentioning it, I just let it slide. I don't, but I don't join in like, oh yeah, I'm such a Scorpio, blah, blah, blah. Like I just like, okay, yeah, great. Yeah. Then I kind of just let it lie and move on. But if it's someone I'm close to who I know for a fact they're going to horoscopes to determine their life, then that's a conversation I'm going to have with them knowing we already have depth to our relationship that I can speak into that. But if it's just somebody I met or don't know really well and they're referencing that we're going to get along or we're not going to get along because of our horoscopes, I just let that be. Right. Yeah. I mean, depending on the relationship I have with the person and if it's just kind of like a, you know, frivolous offhand kind of something they say, I can make a joke about it or, you know, just say something, you know, 
in a way that's not going to be taken offensively, but also is like communicating like, hey, that was an interesting thing you said right now because that's not really congruent with our worldview. Um, But yeah, I mean, you have to just kind of feel those things out. But yeah, you have to also uh, understand the relationship that you're in with that person who's saying it. And are they a believer? Are they not a believer? Like, what do you know about them? Uh, Your job is not to be the truth police um, and hang these things over people's head. And like all of a sudden, every conversation you're calling out everything that's not theologically accurate about something. That's how you stop getting invited to the party. Right. Exactly. So you just got to learn when to when to say something and when to not say something. And you know what? What's crazy about it is that uh, when it comes to knowing when to say something and when to not say something, when in doubt, just don't say something. That's that's something that I've learned. Um, that's been a hard lesson, though. Yeah, you like to say something often. Right. <laughs> but at the end of the day, here's what I want to be kind of the takeaway from this is that uh, whether astrology is just not effective or it taps into spiritual realities that God doesn't want us to tap into. I can't say definitively. I lean more towards the former than the latter. Um, But either way, uh, it doesn't seem to be something that we should be actively pursuing. And I don't see any biblical command that explicitly, you know, says that thou shalt not look at horoscopes for amusement. Uh, But I would be careful, like, what we are, like, putting our trust in and what we're giving our heart to, uh, especially if it's something other than Jesus. Uh, and in the end, like the the, I think the heart of the matter is that we are called to face the uncertainty of our present moment, um, not by looking at fortune telling or divination or horoscopes or whatever moniker we want to put on it. Uh, the way that we're supposed to face the uncertainty of our present moment is by renewing our trust in Jesus. And so, anything that helps us to do that is a good thing, and anything that keeps us from doing that is not. Thanks for listening to the Kainos Project podcast. Thank you also to our partners at Life Audio. Visit lifeaudio.com to find dozens of other faith-centered podcasts in the network, including shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. If you enjoyed hanging out with us today, consider subscribing to the podcast and leaving a rating and review. And be sure to visit our website, kainosproject.com, for more helpful resources. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time. Hi friend, are you stressed, maybe even worried about so many needs around you that you've forgotten you are worth taking care of too? Well, I'm Bonnie Gray, the host of Breathe, the Stress Less Podcast. I want to invite you to join me as I share practical tips based on science, inspired by God's word to help you spark joy and restore God's peace and love to your soul. Subscribe now and go to lifeaudio.com.